Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? You're about to meet the greatest warriors the world has ever known. Legendary, fashionable, powerful. Well, I'm sure that was a lot of fun for you. It was. On November 5th, the Marvel Universe Play nice. becomes eternal. So, what's your superpower? You know that your babysitting privileges are completely revoked, right? Marvel Studios Eternal. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf, and I have with me the Jakes, the fantastic classic jake is here howdy folks and the marvelous new jake is here as well hi everybody and today we're doing the spoiler cast for the eternals now um we do overall we have different opinions on it um just to recap it really really briefly um classic jake wrote the review and gave it a seven uh i give it a six and new jake gives it a five so that is that. Um, it is very controversial online. It's it's. I feel like it's. It isn't the lowest rated MCU movie. Yes, forty eight percent. So, first rock on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I don't know the score on Metacritic though. And uh, it got a B, I think, a Cinema Score. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's really interesting too, because um, seems like people like it. The, the people that have watched it, but maybe the critics don't like it as much. So the difference is some people that are going to like it and some people that don't like it, you know? Yeah. Um, so the user score is 6.6 6 on Metacritic, and the meta score is 53. Mm, yep, that's pretty bad. And, like, some of the reviews here are, like, 10s, 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 5s, 4s, 0s, 25. <laughs> they go all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it is... You know, Entertainment Weekly gives it a 7.5, and Observer gives it an 8.88. So, I don't know. IGN gave it a 7. Um, it's all over the place here. Um, Roger Ebert website gave it a 5. So, it is definitely a polarizing movie. Um, and we'll talk about this in the spoiler-filled podcast. But we just wanted to give a quick, quick heads up there. Um, now on to the spoilers. So this movie begins thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah, seven thousand to be exact. And um, in some ways, it feels like they're kind of rewriting some history here. Kinda. <laughs> I can kind of see how some people may get offended offended by this because in this universe, the Eternals are essentially gods that have sort of helped humanity and sort of not helped humanity. You know. Mm-hmm. So it, you do wonder which um, mythology or uh, religions have the Eternals been participants in because they go back, you know, from the, um, it said 7,000 years ago when they arrived on Earth. And, you know, I don't know, I'm not a, geo- you know, I'm not a, a psych- I don't know what the sociologist, I don't know exactly when human humans were there. there. I think it was like the Bronze Age, maybe. I don't know for sure. Um, so yeah, 
that we definitely see like um what is that celestial called? I forget that guy's name. Tinum, Tynum, something like that. Let me see. God. Yeah, they've changed him up uh from the comics. Which nobody knows about except the hardcore Arisham. Arisham. I thought Arsham was the one that was being the big one. released. Oh, he's a big celestial. Oh, I'm missing. Yeah. You talking about Icarus? No, I was, I was talking about the one that was being released in Earth uh, at the end of the movie. But I think I that's <laughs> the one that uh, became um, a mountain range. Uh, um, so the basic, to actually get the big picture here, because the movie kind of shows you a little bit at first and then explains more things later that the celestial has seeds around the universe and those seeds eventually grow from intelligent life and then they birth a new celestial um, that will destroy that planet. Um, those seeds go into different planets around the universe and it just continues on and that is the cycle of the universe, which... Um, the celestial's born every billion years. Or seven, or is it a million? I forget. Even change it up. Now, we have seen some Celestials in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I guess the most noteworthy one was uh, Nowhere, which was the floating decapitated head um, in the Guardian of the Galaxies movie location. And yeah. Uga's Living Planet, played by Kurt Russell. Yeah. And um, so the Celestials will make Eternals, which... Um, is news to me, and uh, is new for this movie, that these Celestials are robots. Kinda, sorta, yeah. Well, artificial life. Artificial life. So, uh, with uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord's father being a Celestial, uh, I've got questions. Yeah. <laughs> and is, is Thanos one of these? Because I don't know. I only gave this movie a seven. That's, And also, when we get to the, when we talk about Eros, I got even more questions. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Celestials make the Eternals to help fight the Deviants, which the Celestials also made, or... or, or the deviants are part of like uh, they come out from the evil parts of the universe or something. I was a little bit confused with this. Yeah. Well, basically, it looks like they uh, create the deviants to uh, make sure the smarter life forms evolve because the deviants eat the lower life forms. But sometimes they get too good at eating life forms, so they create the Eternals to fight the deviants. Yes. And then the planet blows up when the um, celestial is born by consuming the um, intelligent life. And it looks like this is like Westworld and they wipe the um, Eternals' minds and then they plant them on another planet when needed. Yeah, that just seems really, really convoluted and unneeded. And uh, that's not, I can imagine the fanboys screaming because it's not like it's in the comics, but guess what? Uh, it's less convoluted <laughs> than the comics. Yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Um. So Galactus made this kind of wonky. Is they're trying to seed uh Galactus and the Fantastic Four in the future? 
Yeah, so Galactus could be a, a, a super deviant, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, he's around eating planet. He basically, it's like he's eating Balut, basically. He's going around and eating Celestials before they're born. Um, so, yeah, it takes the whole movie to, to figure this out. Um, because we get, like, half of it at first. And, um, you know, we don't know that these characters are super advanced androids. Um, we just know that they are eternal and that they don't age and they don't die per se. But they do die. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just takes a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's also like a, a son. <laughs> that the blip didn't affect them either. Yeah, which is weird. Because they're not alive, but they are sentient. And they are supercomputers that... You know, they're they're just like I guess super duper datas. Datas, but, but but they but they eat, they sleep, they drink. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> and they also have sex. Yeah, that yes, that wasn't clear sex. if they um actually can have children or not. Um, I think they said no because that was one thing that Sprite really wanted, but they can't do. So they can. Sprite. Um, Sprite's a different case. Uh, cause Sprite's yeah. physically a child. And this is something else. Okay, if they're trying to make, if these people are um, not, or these Eternals, let's call them that instead of people. If these Eternals are supposed to blend in with the populace, why would you have them never age? Why would you make one deaf? Why would you make one a child? Yeah, why would you make one overweight? <laughs> all the same powers. Why yeah. would you give them strong, I mean... Now, I do like that they do make them at least um, varied, and they're not all white people. Um, they, it definitely is a diver- diverse cast. But yeah. why make one deaf? That's the thing. Because if you're a sentient being, wouldn't you want one as, as perfect as possible? I mean, uh, I mean, I understand why they did it for the film. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like why the film leans on the Neil Gaiman version of the Eternals more than the Kirby version. Yeah. Which was a smart move because we would be you would have a more confusing movie than Lynch's Dune. <laughs> so um, the cast here is huge; it's absolutely huge, and we've seen none of these people in other movies, so it is completely new to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So we got. Uh, I'm just going to say the character names: uh, Cersei, Icarus, Thena, Ajax. Uh, Dane Whitman, which is a different character, not an Eternal. Uh, Kingo, the boyfriend of um, uh, Cersei. Uh, Kingo, Sprite, Fastos, Makari, Druig, Gilgamesh. And Corrine is the uh, sidekick um, producer of uh, Kingo. Yeah. He tried to actually stake Kingo because he thought he was a vampire. <laughs> been his like assistant for 50 years yeah um and this this is all an assemble cast we do get to meet a couple at a time and then we get to know their powers now the powers are never like they're kind of defined but they're kind of not like i don't really you know understand um what kingo does i guess he makes little balls of energy and throws them i don't uh, <laughs> yeah pop up when the script needs it yeah it's it's plot convenience the the power uh, Cersei could make certain things into other things, um, which they didn't really specify exactly what are those things. Like you could make um, dirt into water or um, whatever. 
Icarus is essentially Superman, which is interesting that they actually mentioned Superman and Batman in this. Um, yeah. I was like, whoa, they actually mentioned this. And um, well, well, that's a callback. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Kevin Feige worked with the Donners. That was like one of his first Hollywood jobs. And Icarus does have a lot of Superman's powers, um, the heat vision yeah. or and flight and... I guess super strength. I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much Superman. Um, yeah, and I, I do like see Superman. Superman. Played him. And all oh, the flying scenes with Icarus were awesome. Oh, yeah. Those flying scenes look pretty cool. They, they definitely look better than anything in Man of Steel. <laughs> that That's true. That is true. Um, you got Athena, which basically is kind of like a Wonder Woman of this. Yeah, yeah Wonder Woman with PTSD. I mean, that yeah. was one of the best uh, performances I've seen of, of somebody suffering PTSD I've ever seen on screen. Angelina Jolie knocked it out of the park doing that. I just wish I actually wish her character was closer to the comic book version because in the comics, her and Crow were a couple. Um, now, Cersei, I felt like she was really bland. Like, she was very basic of an actor. Yeah. Um, she wasn't bad. I, I guess maybe just okay, but um, Icarus was just kind of a douche, but yeah. I get yeah. it. And, uh, they're they're both hot people. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was, uh, they made Sprite a lot nicer than Sprite was in the comics. I think gender swapping up Sprite was a, because Sprite's a spoiled brat who's always having temper tantrums and always angry. Well, no shit. Thousand uh, years old and trapped in a, um, child's body and no matter how old you are you're still you're still going to be considered a child yeah um we got ajak which i guess is healing powers i don't really know (laughs) yeah yeah she's the leader of the group there's a hundred there's like a hundred eternals on earth and ajak is not the leader but i thought it was smart making her the leader and uh i also thought it was really smart killing her off and making the having a murder mystery yeah, um, uh, yeah. I was to reference this ongoing plot in my review, but I was afraid to call it a murder mystery. I used the term mystery instead because I really didn't want to spoil that. Um, and then we got Kingo, which I really like Kingo, but he could um, he's a really fun character um, and he can make energy balls, um, which. Uh, OK, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like going Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like you said, Sprite, and she could make um, pretty awesome, I guess, holograms or illusions. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see Sprite and Loki team up. Uh, Fastos, which is, uh, I guess, the tech um, engineer guy. Yeah. yeah, he just makes stuff happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he just is, he designs everything. And then the first gay MCU superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they managed to. Yeah, and if you haven't heard, the movie's getting banned left and right in the in the world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it used to be banned in Boston was the badge of honor. Now it's banned in Russia and Saudi Arabia. Oh, uh, it's not banned in Russia. It's just considered NC seventeen variant in Russia, so you can oh. still watch it. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah, that, it's the Middle East that's banned it. Yeah. But I was surprised when I when guys were saying it had been banned in Russia. I'm glad to see they're not that stupid yet. Yeah. So uh, Fastos, um, he 
is a gay man, and he has a gay partner, and there is a gay kiss, and it's all really sweet and nice. Yeah, and tastefully done. It's yeah. not, you know, I thought it w- the, there is a love scene in this, the first MCU sex scene, and I was like, oh, I thought they were going to be that, and I can understand, you know. <laughs> so that, that, that was boring sex scene, because they barely yeah. moved, which I get it, but. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see you will see sexier stuff on primetime American television. Network. Yeah, you're not going to get tits and dragons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> despite their several uh, Game of Thrones cast members. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really did believe Richard Madden said the next time he sees um, Kit Harrington to be wearing all black, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did believe that actual relationship. They did have good chemistry together, and they did talk in a way that makes sense for a couple. And yeah. um, I believe that kiss. I thought it was legit, and I think it is hard to take that away. You can't just delete that kiss because it, it makes sense. And you know, he has a kid. Um, I guess they maybe could delete the kiss and it, it changed context of it being like a roommate or something or a brother. I don't know, but it, it just kind of. It, it really does work. Uh, uh, Brian, Brian Tyree Henry, the MVP of the movie. And um, and Don Lee. Because they were obviously... Oh, Don Lee was really good, too, as Gilgamesh. Yeah. Um, we got um, Makari, when she's a speedster. Mm-hmm. Makari, the buying site. <laughs> um, and she's also uh, deaf, I think. Yes. That's, um, and then we got Druig. Now, he actually has, like, full-on mind control, which is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah. Or basically like the Celestials do, of control. Yeah. Um, we got Gilgamesh, and he has, like... Um, super strength. Super-duper mm-hmm. strength, and can, like, make energy... I don't know. It's kind of weird, because he has a super strength that he uses to make bigger punches, and it's kind of similar. Um, I mean, he also makes some awesome-looking food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely the Iron Chef. That that poor pie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then we got um, pie that beer of his. The spit beer. <laughs> yeah, I think I've lived in Oregon too long. All the exotic <laughs> beers you got to try. <laughs> I've been here too long. Um, and then finally, I guess as a main cast, uh, Kareen, which is the producer for Kingo, because Kingo is a Bollywood star, and Kareen is like following, is like been with him for fifty years, they say. Which he doesn't look like seventy or something, but okay. Don't <laughs> Well, there's no telling um, uh, how young he was. I mean, he did think Kingo was a vampire and tried to stake him. Yeah, and uh, you would. You wrote this in your review that he does not become a stereotype, and I agree completely. That could have been a stereotype in very bad hands, but they make it work. And he's actually really likable. Uh, I think he does have a superpower because he has cameras for days. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen anybody who could pack so many cameras on his person and they don't show. I know. <laughs> I was impressed. I mean, I the, it's like, oh, yeah, you got to just pack and have extra. It's like, damn right you do. That's a good cameraman idea there because you definitely need that. And, you know, all the times that there were actually fun scenes and he was like, did you get it? And it's like, yes, I got it. It's like, oh, awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I want to see yeah. that movie. The one he saw. <laughs> right? Uh, that would have been a fun little t- uh, trailer or something for, you know, like a mid-credit scene. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, we have all of these characters to juggle, and uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, and all of these are new. We've never seen any of these guys or girl, guys and girls in the, any of the movies beforehand. Um, it's a little bit weird because some of these characters look like other characters, which for me at least, I felt like Gilgamesh looks really similar to Wong. Um, yes. Not and um, I felt like uh, Druig looks very similar to um, the Flash <laughs> in DC. So it just like my, my brain's like that's the Flash. No, no, it's not the Flash. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> um, the the Flash and, is an Irish. Yeah. And then uh, Fastos looks a lot like um, this um, comedian on Daily Show. I forget his name. <laughs> Larry Whitmore? Um, yeah, I think so. So my brain just kept thinking those people, but it's like, no, it's not. Um, but Sprite, surprisingly, does look very, very young. I think they really did nailed that makeup or that look to make her look young and not be young, you know? Well, that she's also 15, you know? She actually, the actress is 15. Yes, yeah, a teenager. So, so it's no kidding. They uh, uh, made her human when they had the extra cosmic energy. Made her human because that actress, when she hits puberty, she's gonna grow, grow, grow. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure what the deal was with her. If she was actually fifteen or, or young or what, but um, yeah, she does look young on screen. And um, so, okay, the basic plot here is that one of the celestials, this big red one with eyes. Um, he sends the Eternals to Earth, and then they go to Earth, and then they're like, oh, this, uh, you know, peoples are not ready yet. They're not um, super smart, and, like, we're in caveman times, and then they have their spaceship, which is this triangle UFO, um, mm-hmm. right? It kind of looks like a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. And they actually, you know, kind of help the early society, and they uh, give uh, make a tool from, like, their metal tool to, uh, I guess it's like a copper tool. Yeah, they take them from being hunter-gatherers to being uh, agricultural. And you see them in various flashbacks be part of human society and be there and see things. And they do explain what is going on and that they are only given the order to take care of the deviants, which are basically monsters that come and they could, you know, tear up and kill all these humans because they're super monsters um you know they're, they're kind of like wolf monsters wolf creatures kind of that look weird um and they could just some of them look different some of them like you know dragons but they're basically just monsters that they would fight and kill and stop and eventually we learn that you know having that intelligent life on that planet eventually they'll get to a population big enough to make the celestial come out and destroy itself so yeah, it will basically eat the world, consume the energy of the intelligent life, and be born. Uh, yeah. and the so deviant, more life can be created. Yeah, and we find out that the deviants are the siblings of the Eternals. Yep. Yeah. And that um, they don't want to interfere because they want to make sure that they... Um, that they... They're not, their job is not to interfere. Their job is to... to Interfere in a way to keep them alive, but not to actually change their development. Um, which was a, a, a excuse to why they didn't interfere before, why we haven't seen them until now. You know why they didn't help with Thanos because I mean, it, it was one of those things where they're not supposed to interfere. Talk about Thanos. Thanos is an eternal. Also, 
since since uh, what Arrow said, oh, he, he's my brother. So that means the comics are canon when it comes to Thanos. Thanos has the deviant gene. So that is definitely deviant interference. So why in the f*** did they not interfere with that? Right? <laughs> and um, so th- now you're thinking, is Thanos like a half-robot thing? Or, or is, he, is there different kinds of Eternals where some of them are robots and some of them are organic? I don't know. Or you know? is he adopted for other Yeah. Or is Thanos adopted? Like Loki. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's some interesting... There. Uh, that's the mid credit scene. With Thanos trying to wipe out half the universe, was he trying to keep intelligent life at a minimum so no more Celestials would be born? Yeah. Yeah. So is all like, of a sudden what, Thanos is actually a good guy? But what, but would he have to do the snap again once the population reaches a certain point in the universe? I mean... It just seems like a, a, a constant. It won't happen again, or it won't be, or he'll be long dead by then and won't care. Yeah. Did Thanos even know about this? Tony Stark is the real villain of the entire Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, so, like, we start this movie, and they're in London, and then we have here uh, Cersei and Icarus, right? No. Yes. Yeah, Cersei and are the couple. Oh yeah. yeah, no, uh, Dane Whitman, Kit. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a triangle. Well, yeah. Well, two triangles we've got in this movie. Yeah. And they're they're teaching a class, and there's an earthquake, and um, Cersei uses her powers to help save a kid from like this giant fossil that's hanging on the wall, and is about to hit, and then she changes it to like dust or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Duh. And a sprite is there, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to see each other. And, and then there's a deviant that attacks, and then Icarus comes back, and it's like, hey, um, there's deviants here, and this one's healing. And we later learn that Icarus kills Ajax to continue on um, the idea that he already knew that the deviants and that the celestial will be born, and he wants to keep make sure that happens. Um, which I didn't really expect. Um, yeah, that was a heel turn. I was quite impressed with that heel turn. And it was just it was kind of predicted because he was he'd been a douche throughout the entire movie. So, that yeah. um, they do actually kind of justify it and argue about it. You know, is it right to save you know these people when? This new celestial will be born, and they create you know new things. What about the future generations that are not created because this planet is saved? So th- there's actually you know some logic to it, and it's not. I could understand it. This you know they really set the metaphors on pro life and pro choice. Yeah. And the logic too of like Star Trek, you know, lives of the many outweigh the lives of the few. Um, was part of that too with you know. Okay, I guess all the life on Earth isn't important, yeah. but how many, you know, will Earth's life, um, with the celestial that Earth is from, will that create billions of planets that work, or just one planet? I don't know. Uh, you know, if you kill Earth, how many trillions of lives are there, but how many quadrillion lives are made, or not, you know, it, 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 there is a mathematical kind of aspect that I, I kind of appreciate, I don't agree with, because obviously I'm from Earth, so. Yeah. It's 
Ajax decided Earth was special because they reversed the snap. Yeah. Um, now they are. You know, we do get some scenes where they talk about the Avengers. They know of the Avengers, but nobody actually has scenes with the Avengers or actually knows like to contact them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is like, do they? Why not? <laughs> if this is the whole Earth, I think you could give a a, a call to who <laughs> are deviants. Technically. Yeah. Oh. And their rule is, uh, unless the deviants are involved, we don't get involved. Whatever. Um, but so yeah, you're traveling around as you're like watching. Okay, we got to go to the other people and see what you know. Give them a heads up that you know these deviants are coming out, and um, you learn that oh, you know about the whole thing with the celestial coming out of the core of the Earth. And um, it's it's slow. It is a slow ass movie. <laughs> yes, and the, and it ends the the climax sucks. Um. So you do, you have an all star cast here with uh, some Hayek, Angelina Jolie, um, just to name a few. And I like them. Um, I like all the characters here. You know, I think Gemma Chan as Cersei was just kind of bland. Um, I actually really like Sprite, and um, I think. Um, Lauren Ridoff as uh, Makari has a lot of personalities for being, you know, they show a lot of personality there for a deaf person. I'm not saying deaf people don't have personalities, but, you know, it, it is hard for that to be shown on screen. So Yeah, yeah and I really liked Droog. I mean, he's, his personal struggle with mind-controlling people, because he has a real nice arc going from thinking he should control everybody all the time to giving them free will and just unifying them when they need to work together, which is something that the, the, uh, the Eternals come to agree amongst themselves. There's times they have to, you know, get their together and basically form their unimind and, and, t- and do business. Which, that, that scene with the unimind, they didn't show Kurgo given his, uh, you know, he wasn't even in the climax, which really sucks. <laughs> Like he, they didn't show him like sharing his energy, and I hated that. Like, though, like he seemed like he just checked out of the movie. I don't know why. Oh, that's because he agreed with Icarus, but didn't want to fight his friends, so he left. Yeah, but that just it, seems too easy. Yeah, and then yeah, he basically uh, pulled a um, a Ghost Rider. Yeah, I'll well, ride with uh, you one time, but I won't help you fight. And then Karun said, "Thank you for." For the last 7,000 years of taking care of humanity, I almost cried. Because he had every right to go, f*** you guys. And he just um, what little they had done before. He was actually a bigger man than they were. And, you know, we do learn that Ajax was was killed, they thought, by Deviant, but we learned that it's later Icarus. Um, and, you know, we do learn that Fastos has a family and, you know, he has, a hu- I guess, a husband and um, and he wants to take care of that family. And the husband's actually like, cool. It's like, go save the, the world. It's fine. We want to have a world to live in. Yeah. Like, chill. It's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and Ajax's death didn't really mean anything because if they've been doing this recycle, I mean, it's obvious Ajax can be just brought right back. And... um. We learn of the deviants, like, 
absorb the powers too. So now they have the ability to heal, which was Ajax's power. So that makes them more dangerous because they could kill him before and now they heal. So that's that's a big thing. Um, and then, you know, we learn that they eventually suck up the power um, of Gilgamesh. And, you know, Gilgamesh, you know, he has like super strength, so that makes him super powerful. And they actually like, gain consciousness, or I guess there's one left, and that one gains consciousness. I wasn't yeah, sure I don't how know many. How that works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think pro had what was demons. that? And, um, and see, they, and the, see, and the um, Eternals thought they had killed all the deviants, and that's why they kind of went their own separate ways, waiting to be told they can leave Earth and go home to o- Olympia. But how do the deviants know to suck up? How do they know they're the Eternals? How do they know to suck up their energy? That's they yeah. never explain that. That's one of the mysteries of this. Do they give off another energy vibe? Do they recognize them because there's of similarity to them because they're both created by the Celestials? I mean, they don't explain this. Yeah. Um, and you know the so he gains consciousness, and they don't explain how many deviants there's left. Um, they do explain that Icarus knows about the deviants and that they were frozen. And um, I, I thought they were going to go to like climate change, but they actually just like, oh yeah, the celestial coming out has you know wakened the the frost, and it's like, oh okay, well yeah, and the permafrost is melting. I mean that's happening in real life. I mean we don't we haven't found any deviants, uh, obviously, but. They have been. We have been getting some germs that we thought were eradicated <laughs> are popping back up because they were in the permafrost. Um, so we do see that there is a couple deviants there, and that there's like a leader deviant, and uh, that's how Ajax is killed by the deviants there. That he throws them into there. Um, so you know, we do see like a cutscene, or I guess a cutscene, but like a, a, a flashback with Druig talking um, when they were like in Mexico and um, this really hit home because, you know, I, I really love the, that history of Mexico and the Spanish uh, conquistadors and taking over because um, I am Hispanic and I actually, you know, recently on vacation went to see some of those pyramids, um, which is really interesting to see actually like in a movie. Hey, and, you know, Druig was like, this isn't, you know, humanity is slaughtered each other, and this is a, a genocide. It's like, damn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Spanish just really were horrible, and, you know, it is my history, and it sucks. But, yeah, he was like, I could change all of this, but they're like, no, we can't do this. And we can't do this because it's not our job. And that's when he leaves. And I was like, good, good for him. Damn right. You know, he should want to leave because, he, you know, it's horrible seeing how much the slaughter of you know, thousands, if not millions of people. So, um, that was interesting. I, I like that. And then we do get Kingo with, um, he's a Bollywood star and a whole Bollywood scene. Um, that looks really cool in 3D. Um, yeah. been masquerading as is his, uh, ancestors and descendants. So he's like been in Bollywood star for a hundred years. And when he gets too old, his son, quote unquote, takes over the family business. Yeah. And I actually really, really liked uh, Kamali Najini. Um, he's really grown on me as an actor. I've seen him in a couple of things. He's been in Men in Black, and he's been in Stuber. Um, and it's I a, like him. Yeah. He was in Men in Black? Yeah. 
The Which new one? one is a voice. Oh, that's right, as Pawnee. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've really liked him, and he's the uh, the best that I've seen him in is in this. So I really like him. Yeah. Um, and then you get the uh, his producer here to join him, and they're recording, and they're trying to figure things out, and. Apparently they have seven days. They don't know that they have seven days until the celestial awakens from Earth, and they're just trying to figure out how to make a device or how to stop the celestial. Um, and you know, Fathos is like, "Oh yeah, if we make this mind thing, um, it's gonna combine our powers." And I was like, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, movie, sure, you're gonna do what you want to do." The mind. Which is one of the two Kirby things that kind of made it to this adaption. And th- they talk about, you know, when they get with Gilgamesh about the Avengers and have a nice little scene. And it's like, okay, so give them a call. If you know this is a world-ending event, give them a call. If you know of them, if you're just watching all history, you know, you're just like the Watcher and what if? And just don't do anything, you know. Hey, if this is going to affect them, you should probably help them. Um yeah. I mean, what Avengers are available right now? I guess, hey, if they want to get Fastos, call up Dr. Hulk and get some, you know, scientific knowledge in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised that they did not. Um, I was really thinking that the rings from Shang-Chi were going to be referenced as an eternal technology, but nope. Yeah, that yeah, would be interesting. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. And I think a lot of that had to do with COVID. Yeah. Because they mentioned, like, oh, we're going to make these bracelets. It's like, oh, okay, cool. No, that's not it. Oh, okay, well. Well. <laughs> well that would have been a smart tie-in. Yep. And they have this whole fight scene uh, with the volcano, and, like, um, apparently Cersei would have had to run to the volcano, which is, like, okay, several miles. <laughs> um, like, a huge distance, and she's going to stop the... The impression I got was that the Celestial was going to come out of the volcano, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, they combine their powers, you know, and they they give it to her and she could help uh, change the Celestial um, because her power is changing matter to another kind of matter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving her the superpower of make, giving her the ability to change him from a Celestial to, uh, I guess... Granite? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Rock? Limestone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she just got him hard. Yeah. Yeah. She just got him hard. And now he's a tourist attraction in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Rock hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's a whole fight with um, inside a cave with the last super smart deviant. And I was like, oh, I thought this would actually play out to be better. Um, huh. Yeah. Maybe they thought the Deviant was going to help out or do something more than just have a, a small-scale fight. Yeah, God. With Thena, um, and you know that fight actually, I, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to die. Oh, wait. Oh, that surprised me. Oh, cool. Yep. But I like that the, uh, Fastos made like this contraption to keep Icarus from you know leaving, and um, it was fun seeing Makari speed around and be a speedster. I think in an interview she said, oh, yeah, they asked her if she's faster than Flash, and then she was like, oh, of course. And no, no, no. <laughs> The Flash could actually uh, outrun life. Yeah, it's fun watching the brainy uh, Eternals outsmart the brawn ones. Yeah, um, but yeah, 
right now, I think even Marvel hasn't even... They're kind of like, yeah, we have our speedsters, but no one is equal to the Flash in DC because the Flash in DC is incredibly fast. Like, you know, not even like... It's, it's hard to even fathom how fast that they've written him to be. Um, they even... Oh, see, even though Marvel had speech... Technically had speedster characters before uh, DC did, uh, they were so poorly written, they went back and reconned that all of them were Makari. And, you know, they've played around with the idea of Superman and Flash being faster, but they always kind of end up that Flash is. I mean, that is his single power. Let him be fast. It's fine. Um, And, you know, Flash could do a lot of things with that speed. So it's like, no, no. She's a great speedster, but um, she's not Flash, you know. Anyway, that's just kind of a side. But, yeah... I, it, I like the visual of, like, the hand coming out and, like, the head coming out. I was a little bit confused why the head looked just like the other um, Eternal. I, th- I thought that they all looked different. Or not Eternal, um, Celestial. I th- did you guys think that they would look different? I don't know why. I thought. I mean, would be- maybe a different collar, but I don't know. I, they just... But the thing is, uh, we're getting so much conflicting information between... These Celestials and Ego. Now, okay, you said there's a third act twist that you didn't like. What was that third act twist? Just to make sure we're on the same page in the Sporter Free podcast. Classic Jake? I thought you were talking to the other Jake. No. No, you said there's a third act. That is that because of the act? execution of it. I mean, we've got um, all of this happening and it's not making a whole lot of sense. I mean, uh, the whole thing with the Celestials and... Um, I guess the deviant becoming self aware and intelligent that kind of went nowhere. Um, and yeah, yeah. And all of a uh, the deviant is fighting with them, and then all of a sudden they're attacking the deviant. I was like, "What the hell?" The deviant crow is fighting with you. He's helping you, and then all of a sudden you're fighting him. Yeah, that makes no sense. One moment they're on the same side, and then all of a sudden they're enemies again. Yeah, it's like the revelation that. They're both children of uh, the Celestials, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, um, and th- th- that was kind of like, okay, cool, but um, what were you leading to that? You know, are these deviants just animals or just, like, you know, monsters, like I said? Or are they actually, like, now that they're intelligent, are they different? Do they have a different... Nope. Uh, they probably always were intelligent. They just couldn't commu- They could communicate with each other. They just couldn't communicate with them. Which makes sense why the cel- the Celestials didn't want them to team up against them. Of course, you're going to keep them at odds with each other. Yeah. So yeah, at the very end, they you know they stop the Celestial, but you know the partial of it is out of the water, and it looks cool. And you know she still Cersei still has the power of the Celestial, which is to create life, I guess. And you know she makes Sprite into a human being. Yeah, all these cuts. In the Marvel, in the comics, cosmic energy—you can pretty much do anything the plot requires. Yeah, and you know, Sprite has to go to school because she's like canonically fifteen. <laughs> yeah, she should be really smart by now because she's been in school for what seven thousand years. Yeah, she's been living life and yeah, been a teenager for seven thousand years. <laughs> and then that we figure out, oh, Dane, uh, the the boyfriend of Cersei was like, oh, yeah, I have a secret, too. And then, 
you get at the very end all the you get some of the the guy some of the she gets snatched yeah some of them get snatched into space and some of them decide to just fly away in their spaceship yeah yeah the domo which nice alien reference <laughs> and then um the celestial is like hey um, I'm going to judge humanity based on y'all. Or, or I was a little bit confused how that scene played out. Yeah. Yeah, that was confusing. I'm like going, I mean, in the comics, that's kind of what how the, what the Celestials' mission pretty much is, is to judge a race, whether, they're, whether they've uh, evolved sufficiently. But then why choose to create a Celestial out of Earth if before the judgment? That's really uh, stupid. I, I think... Uh, Chloe Zhao read probably Earth X and the Neil Gaiman run, and that's all the research she did. Yeah, because she has two screenwriting credits on the film, and ah, it kind of shows <laughs> like that she doesn't know yeah, too I'm, much I'm, about it. See, parts of this reminded me a lot of how Ang Lee adapted Hulk. Uh, I'd rather watch that movie, honestly. At least it has mutant poodles. Uh, mutant poodles. Both of these movies have great ideas and some great things. But then they've got some real dead weight and things that go nowhere and things that yeah. contradict each other. It's almost but, like indie movie directors shouldn't be making comic book movies. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, you do get a lot of emotional scenes with the different characters and Cersei and Icarus had a thing. And, um, you know, some of these scenes, they're emotional and they just they go on forever. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really explain why he went away from Cersei either. It was just, well, I'm just going to peace out. He said there was no way he could keep the secret of their true mission from her. Eh. Which is like, whatever. That just sounds like cowardness. Yeah. Um, so it, it just, you know, some of these scenes really drag out. And they, they have a lot of pretty cinematography. I'll give it that. It's a very pretty shot movie. Um, it, it looks nice. And they have really cool camera angles. And it works in that degree. But a lot of it is just like, wrap it up, guys. Type it yeah. up. Yeah, like it, they should have re-edited the movie to kind of sort of, kind of in a singular timeline instead of just jumping back and forth. Except for a couple of scenes, like with Ajax, I assume would be better told like that. But yeah, they, they just needed better editors on this movie. Yeah, make it more... Um, it feels like a DC, because DC likes to do the timeline not 100% um, linear, to have cutscene and then, you know, present scene and then past scene. And then they pass, you know... So if they would have just kept it to be a good flow of a linear time frame and then to just tighten things up, this feels like a DC movie. It feels like, you know, you have these dramatic characters, you have a huge length of time. Like, this could have, like, I can't imagine there being a, a director's cut of this because, like, how long could it be? Like, four hours long? I mean, it was like two and a half hours, two hours, 45 or something like that. Two hours, 38 minutes. It, it feels long. Like it, it, it could have been cut down by thirty-eight minutes and been yes, a lot tighter. Yes, you could have gotten better action scenes that way. It just ah. Um, I mean, there's there's some scenes I did like the the scenes with the them eating, you know, and uh, talking about stuff going on. Yeah, the more human scenes were better than the action scenes and the sci-fi <laughs> elements. I mean, this those scenes were what I wanted out of Captain Marvel, and didn't we? Like, we got one. And then we got a bunch of crap. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that... Um, okay, I mentioned this in the spoiler free, that whenever we had um, one of the... I think it was either... 
um, Thena or Cersei talking to um, the Celestial in space, having the uh, Eternal like be a little bit out, popping out, and the Celestial being farther back and space even being farther back really, really helped that perspective in 3D. And it was like, it was just a nice use of the depth that I really liked. Yeah. It showed the scope of how huge a Celestial is. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how huge are these things? Are they bigger than planets or are they equal to planets? It wasn't really clear. <laughs> I mean, they, they look bigger than like Earth or almost any other planet out there. I'm just like, uh, I'm just seeing this and I'm like going, and Galactus is as big as a celestial in the comics. Yeah. Are they like Jupiter sized? What to expect from Galactus? We ain't getting a cloud this time around, kids. <laughs> Darn. Oh, you really want the crowd back? <laughs> no. Sarcasm. <laughs> Good. And the end of the movie, couldn't the whole Earth see the dams? Um, it's natural because it's so big and it just appears. And then, you know, when people are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. But it also felt like a DC movie because they also mentioned Apex Predator, just like Wonder Woman 84. And also something big happened in the Indian Ocean, just like Man of Steel. What are they trying to do? Well, I think they were trying to, you know, have a, a worldwide cast and a worldwide event. So it's not only in American, you know, or right. established, you know, locations. It is all around the world. These events are happening. I mean, that, yeah, that's fair. But why specifically the the Indian Ocean, just like Man of Steel? And also why I mentioned Apex Predator, which is three movies in a year that I've mentioned Apex Predator. And it's very, very annoying. <laughs> I mean, they explain that in like the opening, one of the opening scenes in the in the school where it's like, oh, OK, now yeah. we know what the deviants are. Got it. OK. You know, it was, it was obvious, but it worked. I, I actually kind of like that. Yeah. And I did like that they explained, like, oh, every five years they have to move away because people realize they're not aging or, you know. Yeah, just like Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> just like Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> they should have became, uh, became movie stars because Kingo's been able to do it for 100 years and not have to move. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was kind of implied that Sprite was like an assistant to... Houdini, I think, based in the posts, like in the credit scene with like the posters and stuff of her, it's like uh, maybe she's like an assistant. I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of clever. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of like that. Sprite kind of inspired movies. <laughs> yeah, and like kind of inspired Tinkerbell, sort of. Yeah, and did you check catch in, in Kingo's airplane that they were flying around in? Mm. Captain America's original shield was on the one of the cockpit walls. Oh, I didn't see that. The the shield he had when he was doing the USO shows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. And you know, you see that um, Makari was left in the UFO, um, reading all this stuff. And there's like a bunch of like historical elements of Earth there. And yeah, that's like, stupid. Why'd she live there when people were clearly trying to dig that out of the Earth? I hated that. Well, that might be why they couldn't dig it out because they would dig and then she could go out. <laughs> And bury it more. Fair. Imagine she was living there because she's deaf, and probably when she went back to the spaceship, she couldn't. She was tired of not being able to communicate with people. That's fair. But they explained just finding her sitting there was just kind of it required more of an explanation. Yeah. 
Because, like, you know, even if she had the Library of Alexandria, well, guess what? You, could, you know, it's not going to take thousands of years to read through. It's going to take, you know, especially for a speedster, you can read through that in, like, a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if Sonic could read through the entirety of Flash comics in a couple of seconds, that should be easy for her. Mm-hmm. Unless she wanted to take her time. Huh? I guess, but, like, you know, <laughs> is, you know, is she, like, getting these... The last minute. And crams. Is she like getting these historical artifacts and like putting them into the ship or something or or what? Like they have the original Excalibur there. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. Is it Excalibur like the actual sword? Like it's a, a, a character in Marvel or no? Well, Excalibur's up is the sword exists in the Marvel universe, and in the Marvel universe, it's also the sword of the Lady of the Lake instead of being two separate swords. Mm-hmm. And um. Oh yes, we have to talk about the ebony blade. Mm. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the the credit scenes, so we have here Makari and who was the other person that flew away? Um, Icarus. Icarus. No, Icarus dies. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Druig. Uh, I know. Uh, I remember Thena goes off to space. Okay, Thena and Makari, and then they go off in their. Uh, in the UFO, in the in their yeah, spacecraft, was with them. So all the other ones are are picked up by the celestial, and then they said they're going to judge them. And does the celestial kill them, and, and or do they just take them in? We don't know that. See what they celestials done to them yet? Yeah, so we have no idea where these characters are, and we do know that there is a couple that are dead. Dead. Um, Ajax is dead. Icarus is dead. Um. Gilgamesh is dead. Gilgamesh is still dead. Um, they're they're dead as the story goes, but since they this is a every time a planet blows up, the Celestials bring them back and put them on a new planet. I wouldn't say they're very dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't had their backup refreshed in a, in a couple thousand years, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they might be, they might lose a few things when they reboot them. Yeah. So whoever they were in, you know, the previous time planet before, you know, they were then, but we don't know. We don't know if that's what happens with the celestial. If the rest of them are taken in, and you know, that's the end of that, and we're not going to see those in again. You know, we don't. We're not sure about this. You know, like Fastos, I would have liked him to help out humanity with his tech. You know, why not? <laughs> oh. Um. So is his his family gone? I mean, I feel bad for the the. His husband and son. Yeah. Oh, did the blip affect them? Well, I think this takes place after. Yeah, they do mention the blip after. So this is after the blip. Mm-hmm. No, but the thing is, we don't know if Fastos' family was affected one way or the other by the blip. Because it's like... Yeah. They conveniently they conveniently leave out that bit of information. Yeah, and what happens to these bodies of Gilgamesh and Icarus and Ajax? Do they like actually decompose or are they will someone find these bodies and be like what the hell technology is this, you know? Yeah. And does Karun actually like make a video and put this on the um, you know, the ultimate video on Bollywood or something, you know? <laughs> For the, yeah. Because that could be a Yeah. So finally, like, come out as a Eternal? Yeah. Did, does the world know of the Eternals after this because Kareen was doing videos? You know, um, obviously some of the cameras broke, but you don't have to break the entire you know, hard drive on there could still work, you know? Right. 
be in the cloud. Yeah, cloud, whatever. Yeah, so the, that is an interesting plot thread that could come back. And, you know, could, you know, we see a cut of that movie on the DVD or Blu-ray. That would be cool. But I don't think there's going to be one. But that would be cool to actually have that. Uh, and, you know, that could be a, a scene that they show in a future movie or Eternals movie. Um, because that could, you know, get people caught up. Now, they did say there's going to be Eternals 2 at the end credits. Um, how do they continue the story? And then they also have, Marvel has already said specifically that they don't have to make a sequel to Eternals. So how does this, do we just get, you know, more celestial stuff or, or what? I mean, I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to probably have them run into at least maybe a post credit scene. Maybe there's going to be something involving the Guardians with the Eternals. Maybe. Maybe they run into them in space. I don't know. All right, so that leads to us uh, to the the mid credit scene, which is um, Makari and Athena uh, in the ship, and then they get teleported in two characters, and it looks like the same kind of rainbow uh, Thor teleportation. I was like, ooh, a Thor character. Um, and no, it is um, Bebo or Debo or it's Pip played by Pat Oswald and. Um, Arrows, which aka Star Fox, Star Fox, and uh, Harry Styles, Harry Styles, and he nailed it. He was a yeah. better choice than even Timothy Chalamet for that part. Who was like the internet's number one choice to play Star Fox? Um, I'm surprised they even mentioned that name because I feel like Star Fox has, you know, obviously it's before in the 1970s when they made this character, but Star Fox has just become so connected to Nintendo and the Star Fox, you know, franchise with the animals and the, the fly ships and stuff that the character that do a barrel. Yeah. And that's such a bigger part of like, you know, that character, that name Star Fox, people connect with Nintendo don't connect with this character because this character is really old, but it's not like you don't see them in a lot of, you know, stuff right now. So interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. Star Fox. Yeah. Eros is pretty much a deep cut. So he's like, oh, I'm here to help you. And, and, you know, I'm the brother of Thanos, which, you know, that was a whole storyline that I was wondering about. Because in the comics, the Eternals are connected to that way. So the whole robot thing is not at all part of this at all. Or or whatever, or whatever biological created form the Eternals actually are. And he says, oh, Thanos is my brother. Okay. And then he's got... A little gold ball and he uses it like a radio he obviously doesn't have to implant it to use it so i'm like going this guy knows how to use this tech a lot better than these eternals do yep. so then we get to the the credit scene and it's actually the credit scene looked really good in 3d like all the different creatures um posters and like visuals of like kind of yes. expl- you know showing yeah. um the eternals uh, yeah Nice museum tour. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So you see how historically speaking, the Eternals have impacted humanity indirectly, and like it, it just it looks really good in three D. And um, mm-hmm. you get to the, the the final credit scene, the end credit scene, which has um, you, um which looks like a sword. Yeah, you can't have Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman. And he's opening the big box, and he's like, okay, I gotta open it. And he opens it, and there is a big sword in there. And um, he, he doesn't, he's unsure about getting the sword, 
and then you hear a voice that says, are you sure for this? And then he grabs the sword and then fades to black. That that was the voice of Blade. Yeah. Yeah. Ursula Ali. Yeah. And uh, the reason we only heard a voice, COVID, and they haven't quite decided on what Blade's going to look like. Probably hasn't worked uh, worked out either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is fine. We don't need that, you know. Uh, yeah. Blade is still several years off, and it looks like they're going with, uh, looks like um, Black Knight's going to become part of the Midnight Suns. So, um, yeah, this character is Black Knight in Marvel. Um, and he's kind of a deeper cut, too. He, he's not like a super popular character, right? Or, or people know of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been around, but it's, it's you know, some of these characters are like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, he was the leader of the Avengers at one point. But... Yeah, well, it was Cersei. Yeah. So. But, but there's been hundreds of characters that have been Avengers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this uh, Black Knight. Um, I don't know when or if we, this was something that I was not expecting at all. Um, I was expecting there to be a more of a, a Shang Chi or, or directly connection to um, the Guardians of the Galaxy or something connection, but nope. This is a all yeah. new thing here. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty uh, all inclusive, and I guess you really don't have to see any of the other MCU to watch it, but it does help. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with uh, Black Knight, if that ever becomes a movie, if that's going to be like 15 years from now, or or if... Black um... Knight's going to show up with Blade, and we might see him in some of the Marvel shows coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a, a night thing that they do with the Moon Knight, and they have Dark Knight there too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting to see. The, the movie has made a good amount of money worldwide, but not a huge amount, and it's definitely one of those movies that you got to see how it plays out in week two, three, four, and um, how much money it's making despite the controversies with, which is just a kiss, for God's sakes. It's not a full-on, you uh, know, gay butt sex scene, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, you know, uh, conservative America isn't really causing a huge uproar with this movie as of yet. Yeah. Uh, give them time. Yeah. they're still screaming about Dune. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not that big a deal. It's just a kiss, and it's actually a good relationship, and they're both consenting adults. What's the big deal? I don't care. <laughs> it's against the Bible. <sighs> so, and they're comic book characters, and if you really want to be technical, he's not a human. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, he's an eternal. I mean, the other person is, but I mean, yeah. He's a robot. It's a robot and human. <laughs> yeah. For God's sake, uh, the Eternals were pretty much uh, when Kirby uh, left DC, he couldn't take his cre- the new gods with him, so he pretty much recreated them because that's what he wanted to work on, and he d- and so they were they were never as good as the new gods because they were always kind of the second version. And the, the um, Eternals go back from the, to the seventies, right? Uh-huh, 70. And they're... 76, I think. Yeah, 76, and it is Jack Kirby. Now, I didn't see any references, like, directly to Kirby. Like, they didn't go to Kirby school or something. Um, did that catch yeah. that or no? Uh, no. The only real references were some of the shapes, and they captured some of the quirky um, design choices that he made. But the, the adaption was more uh, from uh, Gaiman's Real run. Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah. His miniseries. 
which really streamlined a lot of the Eternals mythology. So, like, in the uh, Eternals comic book, um, the Celestials visited Earth, and then they were there, and they made genetic experiments to early humanity, and they created two deviant races. Very different from this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. They created three races, the deviant, the Eternals, and humans. And, you know, they had superpower mutations, and, you know, that helped explain some of that. Um, and, you know, so all of that is rejiggered and completely changed for this movie. Um, so it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm not one, you know, I understand people love canon, but at the same time, I understand that Marvel and DC want to have that wiggle room because they can't just copy and paste the story that was on the comic book because comic book and a movie are two different things. Yeah. If yeah. they copy, you can't just copy it. It's two different. They stream. First of all, you'd have a six hour movie that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then even if you have a TV show, it still is a lot of content to filter out and a lot of references to other things that you may not know. So you got to make it work for the audience that you want. So it makes sense. Um, you know, to have all these differences, but I can't understand how people get mad. I can't understand how people don't like this movie. Um, it is slow. Yeah. I think non-comic book fans are probably going to dig this more than comic book people because uh, Chloe Zhao really leaned into the whole Joseph Campbell aspect on these characters. I more more facing on mythology and God than superhero tropes and stuff. Um, I'm not saying that as a put down to superhero stuff because it's not. I'm just saying that's how she set this movie up. And more people are familiar with mythology than they are comic book stuff. Mm -hmm. Like in some ways, this feels like a Wonder Woman kind of movie, you know, in the the theology and the. Patty Jenkins did the same thing to a lesser degree. Yeah. Yeah. Except there's an actual place on Earth that dealt with that instead of like a far planet you know um and this movie is more emotional it is slower paced it is more yeah. um I, and and i i can imagine the parents would might enjoy this movie more than their kid that they take to the movie theater with to see this you know the kids might say boring and go to sleep or you know this might be a yeah. rough movie to watch you know at night um i had a coke with me and i was drinking that coke and i was starting to get sleepy here and there <laughs> but like if you watch this in yeah. the middle of the night pff, i can imagine you fall asleep yeah there, there's not as much action uh not as spectacular as like other action films it's just there mm-hmm. It's kind of on the passive side. Yeah. A lot of... I mean, it is... Oh, go ahead. Uh, a lot of darkly lit scenes, so I can imagine a lot of people will fall asleep in those darkly lit scenes. Yeah. yeah there's like a whole lot of scenes of people just talking. Yeah. And more reaction than action. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of historical stuff, you know. Obviously, the kids may not know what the, you know, the Babylon... <laughs> yeah. I was, like, looking at the recreation of the Babylonian Gardens... And, like, we only see it, what, for 30 seconds? And I'm like, ah! Yeah, it's beautiful, man. I like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, like I said before, I love seeing the the ancient Mayan culture, you know, Aztec Mayan pyramids and actually have them being beautiful and, you know, fully, yeah, I love that. There's a lot of, you know, historical people that love history and sociology would probably really dig this movie more than 
you know, the regular general audience action, you know, comedy people. You know, this is... Yeah. I think they overestimated their audience knowing history and sight of, a, of one archaeological object. So, you know... It, it, different cultures. Yeah, I, I imagine that there's some people that just don't care and they're like, okay, I just want to see the superheroes fight, you know, and they get disappointed because this movie has, um, you know, more talking and more... Yeah, they argue more than they fight. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, one of the main the main character, Cersei, um, she's pretty dull. I mean, she's just yeah, she's just kind of okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You have the doe-eyed superhero who's like, "What do we do? I'm not ready," or you know, along the lines of that. Like all the characters are, are very one note because you don't have, I mean, you have three hours basically, but you still don't have that much time with them. So they only have yeah. enough time to know a little bit about Cersei, a little bit about Icarus, a little bit about Thena, you know, and, and like I, I did say, like, like Jake said, cast Jake, I like that Thena has PTSD and they explain it that, you yeah. know, Hey, this is a, uh, I guess a malfunction in the robot or, or something not, correctly doing it and that's why there's memories of the past of you know the different times and that makes sense it's cool it's interesting yeah well they handled it because they didn't properly erase her memories when they reboot when they re brought her back so she's struggling with past memories which is how ptsd messes with people yeah and I can, you know, there's, it's, it's hard to see a, a big cast like this and be like, wow. And none of these characters, you know, before, you know, it, it, it's hard to get into a movie. I could, I understand why people don't like it. I, I dig it, but I understand it. I get it. I'm not like, you know, one of well, yeah. the first Marvel movie was the Avengers. Um, I, and you know, it's one of those things where I, some movies, oh, this is a awesome movie. Everyone loves this movie. And the one person that hates it, you don't understand that. This is the kind of movie I totally understand why you wouldn't like it. It's slow, it can be boring, yeah. you know, and it, not the, the acting is good, but not great, and some of them are bad. Um, and it's just... yeah. There's some retconning of religion. I wonder if people are going to get mad at that. You know, how many... Yeah, it's like, if they see uh, a celestial, does that is that going to question people's belief in God? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot there. Are these celestials, you know... Do some of them have less morals and they're becoming gods of that planet? You know, we don't know. Yeah. So is there going to be a spinoff of MCU fandom of uh, um, worship of uh, the Celestials and the Eternals? I mean, some of the Eternals... Maybe. You know, we see, you know, the end credits, you know, with different allusions to different cultures. You know, people know of these Eternals, and they save their lives, so there definitely is some mythology, some religions that have inspired Eternals, you know, so it's... Yeah, there's the yeah. whole story of Icarus flying too close to the sun. I mean, yeah. it was on the nose when he flies into the sun. <laughs> Very on the nose. But that's in the Western world. In China, that's not going to be that obvious. Or yeah. Or in Russia, I mean, there's parts of the world. Yeah, this movie, uh, the U.S. market, I think, was a secondary consideration for this movie. I mean, Gilgamesh, for God's sake, is considered one of the best um, stories of ancient times. Yeah. yeah. So that is the character name, Gilgamesh, and you know this story that he that and, and Sprite is uh, it? that about the soft drink. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's an old term for a specific type of fairy. You know, like there's yeah, brown, like an elf. Yeah. Elves, brownies, sprites. And there's a bunch of others. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense because she looks rather elf-like. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Athena is supposedly based off the one of the most beautiful women in the world, if I'm not mistaken, according to Greek mythology. Or the goddess of... I think that's how it was? Yeah. Or the goddess, yeah. Yeah, Athena. Well, she, like, they, they built the city of Athens for her. Uh-huh. Well, she's Athena in the movie, not Athena. They actually say it. Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Kirby, she originally was going to be Athena, but Kirby changed it to Athena, so it wouldn't be so on the nose. So, yeah, because in the movie, it's like, drop the A. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Athena um, is part of Greek mythology as the Olympian goddess of wisdom and war, and adored by the patrons of the city of Athens, a virgin deity that somewhat paradoxically associated with peace and handicrafts, especially on spinning and weaving, majestic and stern. Athena suppressed everyone. Blah 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 blah. Um, so yeah, it, it. There's a lot of different mythologies here. A lot of you know, is this. You know, I can imagine people getting offended. Hey, that's my religion, or that's my faith that you're messing up when you're tinkering and like saying, you know, I can imagine some people get offended, but I, I don't think they're disrespecting well, anything. When Kirby was yeah. doing this stuff, it's when the whole chariot of the gods was kind of really in popular culture. And if you have, if you're not familiar with it, I would at least read a wiki on it because it's interesting crap. You get an idea how boomers think. So I guess um, to wrap up, um, it explains why some history thing hasn't, you know, they've changed some, but they haven't done a lot. But like why Shang-Chi, you know, the rings, why they didn't just stop that, you know, because they don't, you know, it's not their job. They have a directive, you know, a prime directive kind of thing. Questions about why they didn't interfere with Thanos. Yeah. I think that, that is a really interesting thing. And, you know, where was Eros? Where was Star Fox? Why the hell was he helping the Guardians, you know? Yep. So there's a lot. Because they weren't in the screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marvel didn't know that Guardians was going to be a, a billion-dollar franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know what takes off and what doesn't take off. You know, I never expected Guardians of the Galaxy to be a huge, huge hit before it came out. And I didn't, you know... Music, how they did music here, I really like too. Um, yeah. It's not as obvious as Guardians, but it works. And it definitely... It's it's more ethereal. Yeah. It's really nice soundtrack. And the score is pretty decent too. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there any other final words? Or you think that's it for Eternals? That's it for Eternals. Until next time. Yeah. So again, wrapping up, I gave it a 6. Classic Jake gave it a 7. And New Jake, you gave it a 5. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's all subject to change, though. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta let it dig deeper uh, to my my ethos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody can see why I gave it a seven. Cause, I mean, and I can see why other Jake gave it a five. And, yeah, and, I mean that could all change. I mean, I like Dune better now than I did when I first seen it. So who knows? Yeah, it's always it's one of those things where people are like, well, if you either liked it or you didn't like it. And there's some movies where you have to watch it a couple of times before you really like it. And sometimes, you know, it just takes a minute to to linger in your brain. And that pondering can yeah. either make it better or worse. Um, you know, it just depends on the situation. Um, so it's just one of those things where I don't necessarily want to watch this movie again anytime soon. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I liked it enough. 
But I think I understand that, okay, in time, this might be a gem where people love it. You know, it might be like Justice League, the Snyder Cut, where everyone, you know, either you love it or you really don't, you know. It might be one of those things right. where in time people could see it. And maybe there's a director's cut of this movie or, a, a you know, another cut that is shorter that people do like. Um, yeah. Maybe there'll be a fan edit that'll incorporate deleted scenes or take away. Who knows? Or um, it's something may happen and Bla- we may see something with Blade or, or Star Fox and everybody loves it and they go back and watch these watch this movie to catch details yeah i mean there's definitely some movies where people actually are fine with it when it comes out and then they hate it years later and vice versa oh yeah yeah Yeah. i've done that Mm -hmm. and uh i also saw some things that looked like they were building towards the fantastic four slightly and that may come in people may want to revisit this after the fantastic four movie finally drops yeah now I definitely want to see that you know people in the re- in other movies mention this new what the hell hand thing in the Indian Ocean and you know what's going on there. Uh, maybe that get you know gets you know we had an earthquake mention um, in Avengers Endgame, so maybe that you know the increase now to have those earthquakes. Um, maybe it's one of those things where this helps to get um you know we have a submariner reference because the submariner was locked away but maybe you know this hand coming out of the ocean has broken it free i don't know you know yeah like piss him off like okay what have the land lovers done now (laughs) yeah and you know we haven't had you know i think i'm not sure if marvel slash disney have owned the rights again to more to to Submariner, I think that's kind of still under Universal, but you know, this might be a good way to incorporate that. Uh, Universal, is, uh, Universal is agreed, has agreed to a Hulk, World War Hulk movie because they want to make money, is the official line at Marvel. So I assume they feel the same way about Submariner. In fact, I've heard they're pretty much making uh, Atlantis part of the Aztec uh, Empire, more or less. Yeah, well, they're going to have to really change it around from uh, Aquaman because by the time they make a Submariner movie, Aquaman will have two movies out. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's going to be compared. You know, it's always compared to the characters, but. <laughs> it was compared in the comics when they came, when Aquaman came out. He was always seen as the inferior version until Marvel quit doing stuff with Submariner. And, you know, these Eternals, if it doesn't get a sequel, you know, and I'm not mad. You know, I think they got a, a complete story here and it's OK. Um, I'm not I'm curious about what happens next. But if it's OK, if we don't get a sequel, this is not like there's not a lot of there's some seeds here for the future. But there's not like enough that I would get pissed off if there's not a sequel. You know, if there's never a sequel to this, I'm OK with it. Uh, what about y'all? Yeah, yeah I, I could also see them rolling several of these characters into another Guardians movie. Yeah. Apparently Guardians 3 is going to be the last one, but I don't know. No, it's going to be the last one with James Gunn. Uh, he's yeah. done. He's going back to DC after this. Can you blame him? They really, uh, Disney really humiliated him the way they fired him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see where, where 
things are going to be happening in the future. Maybe this is too weird for general audiences or too slow and they don't want this anymore. And maybe Eternals are just like retconned and like, you know, oh yeah, that is mentioned, but never really mentioned in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we have, um, maybe Sprite actually. Maybe so much money in India, there's just a Bollywood musical sequel. Who knows? <laughs> you know. Oh, and I would pay big bucks to see that Marvel. Yeah, maybe Sprite kept her power somehow, and she could, you know, help out with something. I don't know. Um, maybe she gets him back because I don't know reasons. Mm-hmm. Or she becomes a vampire. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I guess it could be a Star Fox movie, um, which, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that explains Do a barrel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> The first NC-17 movie in the in MCU, and I'm sure the ladies will love that with Harry Styles. Uh, I mean, I think if they do have a Star Fox movie, they should they absolutely should mention that line, do a barrel roll. They'll have, you know, yeah, they really, really should. Um, you know, show show him being a pilot and stuff, and have that being something that he does. Just that'll be a fun yeah. reference. Um, but <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where maybe in Star Fox we get, you know, Star Fox movie we get. Uh, the internal the eternals come back who knows who knows yeah if not it's okay uh, um this isn't like incredible hulk that left a whole bunch of things kind of dangling <laughs> yeah. they're finally getting around to it yeah and star fox and pip have a history with adam warlock yeah and and yeah. warlock's supposed to be a big part of guardians 3 so oh, yeah he's they, his his casting was announced uh you know uh, will, will Poulter, Poulter. which is very interesting yeah he was supposed to be uh, a Pennywise at one point. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Um, I want you know. I wonder too if people are going to get upset. I mean, there's definitely some people that are like, "Well, you know, I don't want to read subtitles in my movie," and you know, people get up pissy about that that they have subtitles for certain things. You know, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, they had subtitles for Shang Chi, and that movie is a big hit and amongst fans and audiences and critics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I gave it a ten, and I still stand by that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's oh, it's gone its way to make seventy-one million worldwide, or seventy-one million for opening weekend and one sixty-one globally. Um, but globally is different because of different parts of the world. Um, I don't know how much this thing costs to make, but it, it seems like a lot. Maybe I think it's like two hundred million dollars for an independent movie. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how much Marvel is expecting Clash Disney to come back. If it's going to, you know, does it make a profit or is it, you know, with all the marketing, does it just like, okay, this is not a huge hit, but it's not a flop either. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if they've if they already committed sequels to Shang-Chi and Black Widow, or not, not Black Widow, but, you know, if they, if they already committed a sequel to Shang-Chi, then why not? I mean, that movie didn't do great. No, Shang-Chi is making good money or made good money. So, yeah, but I mean, like compared to other Marvel films, it's kind of weaker. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this uh, franchise. If it does a franchise, um, who knows? Um, it's it's interesting because it might just be one of those things that you know. Maybe they don't mention it again, and maybe it's just a passing thing. Oh yeah, you know, you you see a flyby in Indian Ocean, you see that hand, and and you're like, oh yeah, that's from Eternals. You know, and that's it. That's the only reference. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that is something people will notice, and I'm glad the news did mention that because I think that would be a huge structure. I don't know how big that thing is, but yeah, 
um, imagine a hand that, you know, I, how big is that? Is that the size of like a, uh, a Texas or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The next Spider-Man movie, the class goes on vacation to see it. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that's going to be it for our podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D, Mr. Bengal5, and Kevin Winter for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.